0: It's that time The premier sporting event of the year When you think of the Super Bowl You undoubtedly think of brutal head-to-head competition A gigantic audience Millions of dollars And laying it all on the line And that's just the commercials Whether you're a sports fan or not The advertisements that air during the big game Have become part of the pop culture zeitgeist In this episode We'll examine some big budget ads Past and present And declare the winners and losers Of this capitalist gridiron Huddle up this is Wayback Attack.
1: Welcome to Wayback Attack. My name is Brian Grantham. Sitting across from me, as always, is Preston Burt. Preston... Are you ready for some football?
0: I am ready. I am pumped. I am fired up. It has been a long time since we recorded last. It's a whole new year. Mm-hmm. A new decade. A, oh my gosh, you're right. Yeah, so I'm ready to get back into it in the fighting spirit, go head-to-head um, for some for some great football action. Um, actually, I don't think we're going to be doing quite that much football-related content. This is probably... The closest to a sports show you'll ever get, but we do have some fun in store.
1: Mm-hmm. And I do talk about sports and my stuff. So okay, all right. Uh, but since we were gone for so long, um, which actually, in the grand scheme of things, it really wasn't that long. Was... I know, but
0: when you're on a on a <laughs> weekly schedule and we've been doing it for a while, it feels like man, it feels like forever. It's mm-hmm. Like you have to shake cobwebs off. Yeah, and it's only been just just over a month.
1: Did you um Did you do anything fun during your your time off?
0: Well, I mean. I enjoyed some time off, but I got to see Star Wars. Nice. The new one. Did mm-hmm. you did you get to see it? I did see it. And um the I I thought it was fine when I watched
1: it, and the more time I spend away from it and thinking about it, the uh-huh. more I dislike it. <laughs> Especially after, you know, I don't know if you saw the script, like the original script leaked or whatever. huh And after hearing what it was would planned. have been, mm-hmm. I would have much rather seen that movie. Yeah, I'm just happy the Skywalker saga is over, though. There you go. Because I want—that's the spirit. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, like I just don't want them to be tied to stuff. I want them to, to do new stories in that universe. Right. And I think I think that's the most interesting part. And and although I do say that, I really want them to do some like old Republic stuff. You know, like maybe do the, a Darth Revan story or something like that. Um, so I've because of that, I, after I watched that movie, I wanted to play some Star Wars game. Uh, and I had recently, during the holidays, uh, played through Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. And I didn't want to play through that again. So I started playing the original Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic on the original Xbox.
0: Yeah, I've never played that or know what that is. It's
1: <laughs> so good. Uh, you can probably, I know they have put it on tablets. Uh uh-huh. um, And because it, it's like an old Bioware role playing game, I bet you can play it on like a Surface or something okay. like that. So
0: I'll check it out. Um, I uh, got a Regal Unlimited Pass. Mm hmm. So I can go to a lot of different movies for one low monthly cost. So I've been doing that. I've seen a, a bunch of things: Little Women, uh, Just Mercy, Richard Jewell, Underwater. a lot of things. Under I did see mm-hmm. that, and uh, I really enjoyed it.
1: Uh, so the Regal Pass uh-huh. is it worth it? I think so. You-
0: yeah, because I mean, uh, a, a nighttime movie around here can run you eleven, twelve bucks. Yeah. It costs eighteen ninety nine a month for our theater.
1: So the the I have gone back and forth on that. Part of me goes, "Why well, don't go to the movies consistently enough mm-hmm. to spend it?" So it would be an added expense, right? Like where if I was already going to the movies, it'd be a no-brainer, mm-hmm. right? But oh, it's an added expense. What is it? Eighteen ninety-nine a month? Yep. And so, um, but you know, I would use it if I had it. Yeah. And so, I just I don't know. Before Star Wars, the last thing I saw was probably. That when we you and I went and saw Nightmare on Elm Street.
0: What this does is it gives me the ability to go see movies that I would not have gone to see in the theater mm-hmm. otherwise, that I've been like, eh, I'm not really that interested. It's like underwater, right? right. Like mm-hmm. you look at that and you're like, I know what that movie's going to be. I don't know if I have to pay 12 bucks for it. Right. But because I already had that pass, like, oh, I'll, I'll go give it a shot. Mm-hmm. That'll be fun. So yeah, highly recommended. I'll have to think about I was a bit, it. I was big in the movie pass thing back in the day.
1: Yeah, you used it, you had it.
0: Oh yeah, I was um, all over MoviePass. I was probably one of the reasons they had to start start, you know, like uh giving people blackout times you know? and stuff because I would go see a movie every day.
1: By the time I was like I think I'm going to get MoviePass, it was gone. And yeah, so You're really slow to action there. I know. I just I I it's weird too cuz I love movies and so and I like going to the theater. Um I just I don't know. If for some reason, I'm just like... It would be nice to be like, oh, I'm off for a couple hours. Let me just go watch a movie real quick. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be cool. But
0: Well, we're not going to shoot the breeze the whole show. If this happens to be your first episode listening to the podcast, we talk about things that are culturally relevant, and we look at the past, we look at the present, and see how they all tie together. And it's only appropriate at this time of the year that we're back in the swing of things, and we're talking about the biggest media event in america right now which is the upcoming super bowl mm-hmm.
1: and there's probably nothing as pop culture as the super bowl because of the ads
0: probably so yeah it is a uh a tried and true tradition it's been going on uh this is f- number 54 right mm-hmm. super bowl 54 i think <laughs> brian who uh, who is playing in the super bowl this year Can i you know
1: think? i know the san francisco 49ers there you go and the only real reason i know that is because of one of the commercials okay um, because i learned something about a coach today uh and then the kansas city chiefs you got it and the only reason i know that is because you told me
0: (laughs) i was i was actually seeing if you'd forgotten (laughs) in the intervening 20 minutes uh but no good good so are you a big football fan at all
1: uh you know i moved around a lot when i was a kid And so I blame that for the reason why I've never really been able to get into sports. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I've played sports in high school. Actually, all growing up, I played soccer, like, in city teams. And then in high school, I played soccer. Um, But I just... I never, I never really got into um, sports when we. I lived in Tampa. I went to a YMCA and took gymnastics there. Mm-hmm. And the Tampa Bay Bucks. This is in the probably mid, mid to the late '80s, like maybe '86, '87. Um, and the Tampa Bay Bucks, when they would get done practicing, they would go there and like play basketball and hang out and stuff. And me and my friends thought it was the funniest thing in the world to like open the door to the gym and just yell "The Bucks suck" and like run off and stuff, <laughs> uh, because like they They were so bad back then uh they even made fun of them in the warlock movies uh, so like that's just how bad that team was so um but yeah i just i I could never feel like, oh, this is my team, I need to watch this or anything like that. Right. I like watching sports, and I will pick a team and then root for them during that right um, generally speaking, I just go, oh, that's an awesome play, and I'll just be happy for them
0: so i I'm not a big n f l guy i'm mm-hmm. i'm I'm much more into the to college football mm-hmm. um of any sport that I watch on TV, NF or football would be my favorite sport to watch on TV. Mm-hmm. Um, I played baseball as a kid. Um, I think baseball is f- really fun to watch in in person. Mm-hmm. It does not translate well to, to to the television for me. It's more of a social sport to hang out and talk with people yes. and mm-hmm. eat a hot dog and so forth. Um, I've never been to an NFL game, um, but I've watched mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of them on TV. But I'm not a regular guy. Like I couldn't. You know, we're doing Super Bowl ads with, on our show today. We're going back and thinking about different advertisements that ran during the Super Bowl. I can remember more ads mm-hmm. from the Super Bowl than I can remember Super Bowls, period. Right. Like, I can't tell you who played who and what year. Mm-hmm. Um, Other than I know Eli Manning beat the Giants. I mean, sorry, Eli Manning <laughs> from the Giants beat the Patriots to win Super Bowl. Because I followed him because he went to Ole Miss where I went to school. So,
1: But you got you also have to know that, like... The Cowboys and the Bills had a big rivalry well, for a like, while, I, I,
0: and I also remember, you know, the 49ers having a big time for mm-hmm. a while. So yeah, I know those like those dynasties. Mm-hmm. I can't like nothing locked in like a, a vivid memory of watching the Super Bowl. And I know I've gone, I know I've seen a couple, like we had a Super Bowl watch party one time, um, but I don't remember really when that was and the outcome. Like it does, it's not important to me. I definitely side more with the people who are probably listening to this episode of the podcast than with a lot of the folks who are huge sports fans. Which is, if I watched it, it was probably more for just something to do, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I probably got a lot more enjoyment out of the ads, honestly, than I did out of the the football itself.
1: When when you were a kid, did you like go to Super Bowl parties?
0: I don't remember as a kid. Like your parents didn't take mm-hmm. you and stuff? No, I don't think so. So
1: I, I know that like when – like my mom and my ex-stepdad, we they used to go to people's houses because I, I specifically remember going to people's houses that I didn't know mm-hmm. and, and they had the game on. Um, And then my dad and my stepmom, they always every year have a huge Super Bowl party mm-hmm. and like – I mean, there's a TV in the bathroom, like anywhere that you're in the house, like you have access to be to line of sight to a TV, uh, and then they have like three big screen TVs outside in the front porch because it's in Key West, so it's hot during the or it's comfortable outside, and so um, and there's like just wheelbarrels of like beer and Coke and like all kinds of stuff. Yeah, I like I like, I like the vibe of
0: it. I mm-hmm. like the the excuse to eat like unbridled junk food. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's great. I, I'm I just. I don't have that devotion to it, but I do have, uh, some fondness, particularly for the Chicago bears. Okay. Okay. And, um, because when I was a kid, I lived in the town in Illinois where the super, sorry, where the, uh, the Chicago bears practiced. Mm. So I lived in Lake forest, Illinois, and they practice in the open And so I was able to go watch open practices. They had like one of those – they had like those little plastic orange fences maybe Mm -hmm. kind of roping people off. But it wasn't a big secret thing. Uh, People could come and and bring their kids. And so I got to get autographs. And this was during the heyday of like Walter Payton, Neil Anderson, uh, Jim McMahon, all those guys, Willie Galt, some of the greats.
1: I have no idea who those people are.
0: You don't know who Jim McMahon is? No. Oh, my gosh. Is he related
1: to Ed McMahon? <laughs> <laughs>
0: yes! So I think we're putting a good baseline on your knowledge of, of football. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, NFL, that's great. So, guys, uh, when you're you're listening to this, we, we put together some bullet point show notes for this. And now is the time in which I want to talk about my fondness for the Chicago Bears living in Lake Forest. During... The, the greatest year of the Bears' reign in history, 1985, the Super Bowl-winning Chicago Bears okay. and the Super Bowl shuffle. Well, Brian looks at the bullet for Super Bowl shuffle and goes, what's the Super Bowl shuffle? <laughs> and I, I had unbridled joy on my face because I was so giddy that I'm going to get to see someone watch and experience the Super Bowl shuffle for the first time. So um, we'll see if we can get this to work out where you guys can hear it kind of while Brian watches it too. But um, why don't you just watch the Super Bowl shuffle?
1: Okay, so uh, here we go. I'm going to play the Super Bowl shuffle and I'll, I'll try to describe it, what I'm witnessing because I'm going to assume that not everybody has seen the Super Bowl shuffle. So did, did they do this after they won the Super Bowl?
0: No, so they were on a... Um, a historic run, and so they they recorded this like two months before.
1: Okay. All right. So, these guys have cool sunglasses. <laughs> some of them that was have, Jim McMahon, by the way. Some of them have better rhythm than others, and then
0: uh... <laughs> okay, That's sweetness—that's Walter Payton. I bet you know one other guy on here, and he wears number 72. Do you know who, the, who number 72 is? You'll see him in a minute.
1: Okay, I'll see if I recognize him. The, uh, uh, so, so basically, it's just a, a big group of football players, and they're taking turns rapping about how much they love football. Yes. So while you have random other football players in the background holding random instruments. Like some of them have drumsticks that they're banging on to, like cowbells, I think. Oh, yeah. we got the slow down. <laughs> He's got the moves. Is he a running back?
0: Oh, that's Michael S- Mike Singletary. He is one of the, the best defensive players in history okay. and was actually coach of the 49ers um, oh, okay. several years ago. So
1: He seems intense.
0: Yeah, yeah. All right. There you go, Super Bowl Shuffle. All right, that's good. Enough. That's all you need okay. to worry about. Uh, so number 72 is Refrigerator Perry. And I didn't know if you know him because he was a G.I. Joe.
1: So uh, I was going to say the refrigerator name is familiar. Yeah.
0: All right. That's good enough. Are you impressed?
1: I am. This is – so when – I I did not look at this before, right? Um, But when we were pulling this up, we saw that there was a VHS – a whole VHS tape of it (laughs) uh, available on YouTube. So if you like what you heard, you should check it out.
0: This was released in 1985 um, as a single – And sold more than 500,000 copies and reached number 41 on the Billboard Hot 100. That
1: is crazy. (laughs) Well, I mean, you got a lot of fans that would buy anything because they won.
0: And so uh, they... uh, I mean, obviously it was popular around the country, but living in Chicago and going to school Mm -hmm. outside of Chicago, like, it was everywhere. My sister... There's pictures, I have to find that of... I think my sister performed it with her class. Wow. Like they got up in bears gear and did it. What
1: grade would that have been for her?
0: Uh she's uh f- 4 years ahead of me. So um that would have been like I don't know, 3rd grade for her, 4th grade. Mm. And um yeah, uh and it was nominated for a Grammy award for best R&B performance by a duo or a group, but it lost out to Kiss by Prince.
1: That is crazy <laughs> that, that was even nominated. <laughs> <laughs> put your, that, that must have just been a really slow year. For oh, music. they had
0: a tw- I miss look. They had a 20th anniversary DVD released in 2004. I've got to go. Oh, I'm sure you've got to go it. check that it's out. It's got
1: to be on eBay or something.
0: And uh, oh, good. $300,000 in profits from the song and music videos donated to Chicago Community Trust to help needy families in Chicago with clothing, shelter, and food. That's good. Yeah. So, well, I'm glad I got to <laughs> share some greatness <laughs> with you, witness, it, and see you witness this for the first time. <laughs> Um, hopefully uh everything else we talk about you will have seen because mm-hmm. we all need to comment on that, but uh fortunately, everything else we're going to be talking about you'll be able to see along with um hear some of the clips here on the show, <laughs> so we all know Super Bowl ads are big, big business mm-hmm. Um, just to give you an idea why they're so big is because of the viewership of the Super Bowl. It's one of the biggest events of the year, and especially now when content is so segmented and people are watching streaming on their own time, mm-hmm. it's rare when you have a an event, um, or a broadcast where almost all the nation is watching it at the same time.
1: Yeah, and and it's also you. So, like when I was a kid, we had a satellite uh and it was like you had to find the satellite in the sky and a lot of times when you would watch things you would not see the commercials you would just cuz it was the straight feed oh, from wow. whatever was happening uh and nowadays satellites aren't like that yeah. it's it's like cable so now everybody sees the same thing
0: yes yeah, uh sporting events are one of the last vestiges of of people having shared mm-hmm. collective memories together because uh, you know before that when there were only 3 or 4 tv channels everybody was watching like the the season finale the series finale of mash Mm -hmm. or like sam and diane kiss or who shot jr Mm -hmm. like those are touchstones um but all those shows the viewership's down it's not really appointment tv anymore so but sporting events and specifically the super bowl is definitely so uh, audience size at its peak was actually in 2015 uh, which is shocking to me because you know like i said with With all the different ways to watch content, you think it might have started to decrease because people are watching other things. They're not forced to watch one of the four TV channels. Mm -hmm. But that was only five years ago um, that it was at its peak at 114. It is down a little bit. And uh, last year, 98 million viewers watched the Super Bowl.
1: You you know what I bet also will have something to do with that viewership number uh, is that people do those kind of, those kind of things differently now. Uh, whereas um I wonder if they're tracking if I if I'm streaming it on like through YouTube or that. You know, like uh-huh. they're not getting those numbers. Yeah. And then also I feel like um I feel like there are a lot more like specialty bars and stuff like that where you're you're probably getting a lot of people going to for a Super Bowl party like that instead of watching it at home.
0: Well, if they're doing it through Nielsen's, I'm sure there's ways that they have some sort of formulaic thing. They're not actually counting every single person, but Mm -hmm. there's probably ways to estimate that. So hopefully it's as close as possible because if someone's going to be paying as much as they do, they want to be getting as accurate a viewership as possible, Mm -hmm. which is a lot. Um, So a little comparison here. In 1967, the very first Super Bowl su- ads on the Super Bowl cost $37,000, which I haven't adjusted for inflation. I'm sure it's still a, a pretty penny. Don't right. you can't just say $37,000 and think, "Oh, that's, you know, that's, that's not much." Yeah. But um a little bit more recent, in 2000, the ads were up to 2.2 2 million.
1: And these are for 30-second 30 30 spots. 30-second spots.
0: Mm-hmm. So, in 2020, This year, for Super Bowl 54, it costs a whopping $5.6 million for 30 seconds.
1: Yeah. And that's crazy because there's two ads that I know of during the Super Bowl that are 60-second spots. Uh And so, that is just insane.
0: Well, it's, it's, you know, it's crazy. And then you also think of, like, the movies and stuff that advertise sometimes. They show a trailer. Mm -hmm. Well... I mean, th- you think about movie budgets and they're already skyrocketing and then they pay $5 million for one 30 second spot mm-hmm. that ugh, it's crazy.
1: The, um, I, I will say, you know, we talk about the difference in price. The difference in quality is also astronomical uh-huh. because, you know, we had talked about ideas for the show. And so I went back and watched every Super Bowl, um, uh, Ad so on YouTube every not, Super Bowl ad ever. Yeah. Wow, well, Brian, for, it that was, was like seven. It years. It was for like ten years. Okay, and so <laughs> um, but the uh it was like um, there are, are fine people that have uploaded just the ads. Oh, wow. So it, the crazy thing about that is you know since I talked about the the bills earlier you get to see, like, you you can kind of infer what's happening in the game because it'll just show, like, right before commercial break, it'll have, like, the score, and you're uh-huh. like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe this is happening. Uh, but then, uh, so most of those ads probably, I watched from, like, I think 80 through, like, 90, 192, something oh like that. My gosh. And it took a long time. There's a lot <laughs> of ads, uh, and most of them are not very good. It's not until you probably get into like the late 80s uh-huh. um, that you really start getting ads that are where they realized, oh, we need to make this entertaining and, right. and not just like a, a
0: big ad. Well, and speaking of entertaining, you bring up a good point. Some people do watch it just for the ads. In mm-hmm. fact, uh, I have a statistic here that in 2010, Nielsen reported that 51% of viewers prefer the commercials to the game itself. So, over half the people watching it Mm -hmm. are mostly there for the commercials.
1: You know, I feel like it was probably sometime in the thousands, maybe, that that became like the zeitgeist for Uh it was like, oh, we're just watching it for the ads. And then you had other companies. um, Like when I used to watch, when I used to have TV, uh, I would always change it to the puppy bowl. (laughs) <laughs> uh because during during the halftime show uh because uh that was just usually more entertaining than whatever pop star they had singing right I, I think it's
0: probably because of the social media and mm-hmm. the connectedness that people have online to be able to build like a uh a culture of awareness around right. these things not necessarily previewing although that's a thing now what we can talk about in a second but you know just that oh, there's other people like me who are really right. just mm-hmm. into this for the commercials, yeah, unironically. I'm, uh, so I'm
1: not weird? Yeah. <laughs> Everybody else seems really excited about the football team. Yeah, teams. so
0: I, I think once that kind of set in and, and there was an awareness about it, then it really took off and people really started shooting for the stars of mm-hmm. being weird and just trying to go viral.
1: Yeah, and most of the time they usually stuck to like a format of being um, either weird or funny, or sometimes yeah. both. or And then accidentally... Uh, really just being offensive and stuff
0: sometimes (laughs) so before we reach way back into the past and look back at some of those maybe not so great commercials um and some of the great ones let's talk about the current current stock we have here so you know we're recording this obviously before the super bowl but here we have super bowl 2020 um commercials to talk about ready to go because in this internet age those marketing companies they want to go viral and even though they don't debut it on the Super Bowl itself. Um they still call them Super Bowl commercials, but we get to get them early mm-hmm. on the interwebs. So we looked w- looked at a couple that they had available and um a few stood out.
1: Yes. Yeah, so the um so when I saw the ones that were that were gonna be aired during the Super Bowl, the very first one that I watched <laughs> Uh, because i was like this looks amazing (laughs) was the cheetos mc hammer you can't touch this commercial
0: oh my gosh uh let's listen to that right now
1: cheetos has popcorn now
0: hey i'm gonna need you to never mind you can't touch this
1: help you can't touch this
0: you can't touch this you can't touch this I trust you. Stop. Have a time. I touched it. New Cheetos popcorn. It's a Cheetos thing. So <laughs> I got to be honest. This was a literal LOL for me. Mm-hmm. I, I, I went into it and I was smiling. And then when that guy uh, dropped the trust fall, dude, yeah. <laughs> uh, that was that's all I needed. It was so good.
1: Yeah, that that commercial just blew me away. I was I was so excited about it.
0: This one reminds me of that old, <laughs> that old Jack Handy quote from Saturday Night Live. You remember when they used to have mm-hmm. deep thoughts with Jack Handy? Mm-hmm. Um, and my my favorite one of all time was something something like. Remember to always go around in life carrying two sacks. That way, when someone asks, "Hey, can you help me with this?" you can say, "Nope, sorry, I'm carrying these two sacks." <laughs>
1: It, i thought i thought the 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 um uh, they did a really good job with having the premise of not being able to touch things because you have cheeto hands uh but then like having mc hammer's head pop out of random things saying can't touch this yeah we
0: should probably should have set up the premise before yeah. <laughs> we aired the commercial clip but hey look theater of the mind folks theater of the mind
1: <laughs> there's there's one part where he is like his head pops out of a basket at a picnic and then his body comes out of it. And the picnic blanket becomes his um, parachute pants. Uh-huh. It is amazing.
0: Yeah. Oh, it's, it's, it's brilliant. You know, every, uh, every year people try to go weird. I mean, there was that puppy, ma- puppy, monkey, baby ad. Uh-huh. That was a while ago, a couple of years ago. Um. So I think every year you can look for one to be just weird and random. And I think that might be this one this year. Mm-hmm. It's just a weird and random, but oh, it's so good. Um, Going to complete 180 from that, you also have stuff that's really heartfelt and um, and moving these days. They try to get you by your heartstrings mm-hmm. or a feeling of great importance. And for me, this year, uh, one of the ones I, I thought was really great was a Microsoft Surface ad. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's listen to that one right now.
1: I remember loving football from day one. I wrote this a long time ago. I don't know how old I was. I hope someday I will be on a real football team. I'm Katie Sowers, offensive assistant coach for the San Francisco 49ers. Bring it up! I always knew I wanted to be a coach. My dad was a coach. I never saw an opportunity in football because I'd never seen a female coach before. Let's run
0: it again, run it again.
1: People tell me that people aren't ready to have a woman lead. But these guys have been learning from women their whole lives. Moms, grandmas, teachers. Then the shovel comes as a first read. We have all these assumptions about what women do in life and what men do. I'm glad my daughter's old enough to see this
0: and understand how significant it is. I'm not trying to be the best female coach. I'm trying to be the best coach. No, exactly. All it takes is one. All it takes is one, and then it opens
1: the door for so many.
0: So that one was really cool. Kind of a historic moment to celebrate the uh, very first uh, a female coach in the NFL playing in the Super uh, participating in the Super mm-hmm. Bowl. Yep. Um, it it kind of builds upon the uh, you know the female empowerment and just uh, inclusivity mm-hmm. and I, I think it's really good another a commercial from years ago that I thought was really meaningful was uh, the like a girl commercial mm-hmm. where they asked people to, th- to they asked adults to throw like a girl and run like a girl and they all made these like real you know limp wristed throws and you know, it was, it, was, it was very disparaging mm-hmm. but then when they asked a kid to uh run like a girl i mean she just ran as fast as she could and mm-hmm. she was and so it it's uh i think it's building on this this momentum that's great in our culture today
1: i will say also because this is a microsoft surface ad microsoft is is one of those companies that they they actually do a really good job at being inclusive about stuff um you know I play a lot of video games like they have this like adaptive controller that they've made for the Xbox one and PC where it's made for people that can't use a regular controller and you can like add different types of buttons and like put them in different places. And it's they they, that company does a really good job at at promoting pretty much everybody. That's great. So uh, I think I think they're perfect to do an ad like this. That's
0: great. Well, before we jump All the way around, uh, let's keep it on a little serious note and talk about a a commercial that you wrote down as well.
1: Yeah, I'll never forget that night. I was still playing with the 49ers, and my wife walks up after the game. They told me that my cousin Corey had been killed. Corey broke down on the side of the road, and a plainclothes police officer pulled up. Then this guy starts screaming. All you hear from there Three shots. Where's my son gone today? Why? He would give you his shirt. He would be cold just to keep you warm. This officer was in plain clothes. Corey had no way of knowing who he was. There's just some things that are bigger than football. And I felt like starting a players coalition and affecting change in this country was one of those things. We focused on police community relations, education and economic advancement, and criminal justice reform. Had it not been for the work that we do, Corey's death would have been in vain. The best way to inspire change is to be it. With the 49ers being in the Super Bowl this year and, uh, you know, stuff with Colin Kaepernick, uh, you know, is obviously going, they're going to talk about it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so um, the NFL has put out a an ad that they actually showed um, during a different champion playoff game, Um Uh, was it uh it was the conference championship game on january 19th okay so this is like
0: an honorable mention kind of
1: yeah and they um so but they're gonna air it on the super bowl as well uh but um you know it talks about uh like um police police shootings and and how that affected um a one of the players that uh i think he was for he played for the ravens or whatever Mm -hmm. and um and then it's like a foundation that they have to help uh, to help train people on you know what to do in situations like that basically he was his car broke down or something a plane closed police officer came up there was an altercation and the the, the plane's closed police officer shot him uh, a couple times to- or three times and killed him and then so um that nfl player that was his brother um he I think he left the NFL to start this foundation mm-hmm. and um it's it's just it is another heartfelt thing and I think it's important that they do this ad for this because you know there's been for for years with with you know the whole kneeling during the um national anthem and stuff like that you know, they, the NFL needs to do something because instead of just being completely toned down, yeah, they can't what's just going keep on putting on. their hands right. over their ears yeah. and eyes. And so I think that it's, it's, they obviously have more to do, but I think this is a good starting point where they did it during the championship conference game and how they're doing, spending this air time during the Super Bowl to also bring awareness to this.
0: Right. Yeah. And I mean, so this is a great opportunity to, to shed a light on things in the national spotlight. And uh, I just think it, um it highlights the fact that this is, it, it, it's a great opportunity to give things and um, foundations a voice. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not just the, the stupid, silly stuff. But speaking of stupid, silly stuff, uh, <laughs> my last one that I thought was worth note uh, from the 2020 lot was, is a Hyundai, uh, a Hyundai Sonata commercial mm-hmm. um featuring, A random cadre of (laughs) celebrities uh, in Boston. Let's listen to just a little bit of that.
1: Oh, look at this guy. Hey, Rachel, how are you?
0: Hey, good, how are you?
1: He's not getting that car in there. No, sir. Look at these two troublemakers. Hey, Johnny, how are you? Wicked car, is that new? Yeah, it's a Sonata. Let me pack it. Oh, you're not fitting your car in there. Chris, stop being a smarty fence,
0: all right? Mm -hmm.
1: Look who's got Smart Pack.
0: Smart Pack?
1: Set hit the clicker. Car packs itself. It's smart. It's wicked smart. And I can pack it anywhere.
0: How about Dorchester?
1: Packed it. Foxborough? Packed it. The
0: garden? Packed
1: it. Saugus? Packed it. Swamp
0: Scott? Revere? The harbour?
1: Are you kidding me? I packed it and then unpacked it. You unpacked it? Kid. Game changer. That Sonata ain't got no driver. That's all right, he's got smart pack. Hey, you him pack there. He's got smart pack! Hey, whoa, whoa, it's big poppy. Wicked smart? This is a ghost car.
0: A better way to park, only available on the all-new Sonata with Remote Smart Parking Assist.
1: Sorry about that, your bigness. Did you guys know he lived there? I had no idea.
0: So very cool car feature. Uh, Car commercials are not are not um, foreign to Super Bowl ads, Mm -hmm. but I I was just I was taken aback because, I mean, one. Very random assortment of celebrities on this one. Well, they must
1: all be from Boston, right?
0: You got John Krasinski, Rachel Dratch, Chris Evans, and Big Poppy, David Ortiz. Mm -hmm. Now, David Ortiz, yeah, he's played in Boston. He's not from Boston, but I I get it. But the other three, like, am I supposed to know that they're from Boston? I feel like I know
1: that Krasinski, right? That's his last name. Uh I feel like somewhere I knew that he was a Bostonian.
0: Yeah, uh, they don't speak like that normally, though.
1: So it's oh, I disagree. So I, I went to Boston in like seventh grade, and we did this uh, museum trip, and someone talked about George Washington's White House. And oh I, no, I I, I, <laughs> I had to ask somebody and be like, "What are what is she saying?"
0: <laughs> so, no, I I agree that Bostonians speak oh, like that, yes. but those three uh-huh, actors, okay, I, I've never heard them speak <laughs> like that. So I mean, uh, and it's just. I'm in a weird space with John Krasinski right now because, you know, I watch him simultaneously as Jim on The Office, mm. and then we—I just showed my wife A Quiet Place for the first time, mm-hmm. and then we were also recently watching episodes of Jack Ryan. It's like uh-huh. it's weird—you you can't peg, you can't peg him. So, Is he your favorite actor? No, he's not oh. my favorite actor. It just happens to be in stuff I'm watching, <laughs> uh, and apparently now he's uh, in my uh, one of my commercial choices tonight. So, anyway, I thought that was really neat and uh i've got one of the one of my picks later on is actually uh, another car commercial that has something cool so well um that's the current crop let's come back in just a second and talk about those in the past today we celebrate the first glorious anniversary
1: of the information purification of we have created for the first time History, a garden of pure ideology where each worker may bloom, secure from the pests obeying a hundred
0: thousand of laws. Our unification of force is more powerful a weapon than any fleet or army on earth. We are one people, with one will, one resolve, one cause.
1: Our enemies shall talk themselves to death and we will bury them with it.
0: On January
1: 24th, Apple computer will introduce Macintosh and you'll see why
0: 1984 won't be like 1984.
1: So earlier I was talking about how I spent all those hours watching all those ads. Right. And, um, the first really big ad that comes across as Out of the Ordinary, mm-hmm. is um, Apple's uh, ad for the Macintosh 1984. Yes. All right. Uh, and so this was actually directed by uh, Ridley Scott.
0: Which is crazy. Yeah. It's awesome.
1: And, my, you know, Apple really wanted to make a big deal with this, this ad. And so, um, you know, it's basically set in a universe similar to the universe in 1984. Not the year, but the... George Orwell book right, and so um you know, and you have. You know, these human drones are sitting there watching the screen and they're being told what to do. And then it's funny because, like, when I see the the woman running down with the sledgehammer, like, in my head I picture, like, the Olympic (laughs) torchbearer. Yeah, it does have that look. (laughs) And then, uh, you know, she runs down and throws the hammer and smashes the screen while the, you know, Gestapo are chasing after her. And, uh, you know, it's – Apple's telling you there's a new – a new way to think about computers on the horizon. And so, um, it's a really great commercial. Yeah. I, I,
0: I wasn't, I was only going to briefly mention it uh-huh. just because it is like, it's, it's still considered one of the greatest right. c- commercials, not just Super Bowl commercial, but one of the greatest commercials of all time. Um, it really did like shatter a, a glass ceiling. I think, mm-hmm. But I, I don't have any personal relationship to it because I was so little right. when it came out in 1984 mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that I didn't even remember watching it. And so I only ever saw it in, like, compilation specials or, or references to it. And, like, you know, this is the 80s or whatever TV show it yeah. was.
1: I, I think it's also important because of how well this ad did, right? And just, you know, Super Bowl ads does not change the next year based mm-hmm. off of this. It was, it was several more, more years. Same. Yeah, it was a couple more years until you started getting good ads. But um, – the reason to me that this ad is so important is because the next time Apple put out another ad that they wanted to have the same feeling, it was a huge flop. Um, it was a Lemmings ad where it was for, I don't it was some it was some Apple office thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was like their office suite or whatever. And it had people uh, in business suits basically walking off of a cliff, like in a line. And then someone gets the to where the cliff is and then they look up at the sky and it's Microsoft or uh Macintosh office or whatever and they change everything uh-huh. but it just it fell flat so huh. uh the the fact that that they tried doing it again and that fire was not there the second time I think is important
0: well um that's a good pick for sure and and worth for mentioning um well when we move on I I have one question for you uh huh. what's up? what's that <laughs> <laughs> Mm-hmm. i was waiting the whole episode yeah. to do that i thought about doing it in the intro but oh my gosh D- do you remember that commercial of course i don't <laughs> the, i don't know how
1: anyone wouldn't remember that commercial because people were doing that all the time after that commercial I oh think. my
0: gosh let's listen to just a little bit of it hello yo hey, what's up Nothing, B. just watching the game having a bud so but you None.
1: Watching the game having a butt. True. True. Who is that? Yo, who's that? Yo!
0: Yo pick up the phone. Hello? Who is that? Who is that? that? Yo, where's Dookie? Yo, Duke! Yo! What's that? What's that? What's that? <laughs> Hello?
1: So what's up, B? Watching the game, having a bud.
0: True. True. Totally an iconic commercial. Like you said, everybody was doing this. Mm-hmm. I think first ironically, then unironically, and now it's just something that'll pop up in like... Th- there was a reference to it in Ant-Man and the Wasp. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No. with I mean it was it was great.
1: The last movie I saw with a reference to it before that was one of the scary movies. So. Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was definitely part of the culture and um it was just really funny. <laughs> I don't really have anything else to say about that uh other than it did win a Clio award mm-hmm. which is the advertising commercial you know it's like, it's the, like now. Yeah, it's the Grammys. Yes, the Grammys or the Academy Awards for the advertising world. So big deal.
1: The uh so I I will say I'm surprised. You know, we we both brought ads that we liked uh, to this table, and I'm surprised there's not more Budweiser ads because, typically speaking, they have they have ads that impact the pop culture.
0: Oh, no, th- that's totally the case, and something I was going to comment on earlier or, or later, and and I forgot to even mention that this was, of course, a Budweiser ad. Mm-hmm. But there were going back, and ones that I wanted to include. I found that they fell into like th- mostly the same group of people. So it was Budweiser ads. Mm-hmm. We're actually going to talk about another one later, um, and then Pepsi. Yeah, and then like Frito Lay. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So tons of uh, tons of great hits for these companies, but right. I didn't want to oversaturate any single one.
1: Yeah. Then they're like, there were also during the Super Bowls. Uh, ads there was a ton of car commercials, uh-huh. but they really did not get good until more recent right. than than everything else it took them a long time. It was usually just a windy road, a helicopter uh-huh. shot of someone driving down a windy road so do you want
0: to drive the Chrysler the Baron? <laughs> you look amazing um, yeah, no, I think part of the reason that those companies keep coming back up again and again with great hits is because They're some of the biggest companies in the world. They have the deepest pockets. Mm -hmm. So they're able to afford to put out those commercials all the time. McDonald's, Mm -hmm. you know. Uh, So, yeah, you're going to see them over and over again each year because they have the money to innovate and to replicate and do it over again. So, yeah. So good, good, good uh, deep dive into the retro world (laughs) with what's up. All right. So not so retro. You and I both have... This next one are on our list, uh-huh. which is 2011's Volkswagen, The Force.
1: This uh, episode, this commercial is incredibly charming uh-huh. and, and cute because, um, you know, they, they are uh, – there's a couple ads on here that tie into Star Wars. And basically, uh, you have a kid running around the house dressed up as Darth Vader trying to use the Force on different things in the house. And uh, nothing's working right for him, and then Dad drives home in his brand new Volkswagen, uh, and the kid goes out there and starts trying to use the Force on it. And Dad is standing next to Mom uh, at the kitchen sink, and he uses his remote start on his key fob, and it starts up. And the kid, <gasps> it
0: worked. <laughs> yep, Eureka!
1: And, and so that's it's a great commercial.
0: Oh man, it was great. You know, especially for parents, but but even even for folks without kids, it was a. Uh... A reminder of your childlike ambitions of just using your imagination Mm -hmm. and and also, I mean, Star Wars. So come on.
1: And, And I will say probably the cool, like one of my favorite innovations with cars today is remote starting. I love it. I can't get I have it with my car. I will do it next to people that are like, if they're near my car and I'll just start my car. And they always like, Oh geez, man. Well,
0: I could have yeah. used it this morning when I was scraping off some ice on the, on the windshield. Um, cause I forget to forget to start it and melt the ice, but yeah, no, it was a very innovative way to, to, um, showcase a new feature. Unlike using Boston accents to <laughs> highlight the fact that this Hyundai can park itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oh well. You win some, you lose some. What's in the bag? Good. Big Mac fries. Play you for it. You and me for my Big Mac?
1: First one to miss, watches the winner eat. No dunking. <laughs> floor off the scoreboard off the bank board no rim over the second rafter
0: off the floor nothing but that through the window off the wall nothing but that what you want is the right off the expressway over the river off the billboard through the window off the wall Nothing but that.
1: So, when I was a kid, one of my favorite NES games was Jordan versus Bird. And uh, a couple years after that game came out, you had uh, McDonald's do an ad uh, about Michael Jordan and Larry Bird, um, and they were playing a game of horse in order to to win the right to eat a Big Mac. And the um the great thing about this commercial and so uh is, you know, Michael Jordan's getting ready to eat a Big Mac, Larry Bird's out in the court shooting some hoops and he's like, Hey, I'll play you for it and so they start doing, you know, regular shots, you know. Oh Larry Bird says, you know, no dunking allowed. And so they're doing regular shots in like from behind the back glass or on your knees and stuff like that, and then it gets escalates to where eventually they're standing outside on top of a building and it's like off the building across the freeway through the window nothing but net and yeah. so um, i think that was the Sears Tower was the Sears Tower i think
0: so that's in chicago
1: <laughs> the um but yeah i i i love that commercial cuz it it made me think about that game uh but you know for a long time after that commercial came out people were saying doing when they were play horse at, at least at the school i went to they you would do stuff like that like mm-hmm. call it out and say nothing but net and oh so,
0: totally totally uh what what stuck out to me in this one was the realization of the fact that um Larry Bird is a great basketball player but mm-hmm. he is not a, a great thespian. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, the the bad thing about him for this was this commercial was shot right around the same time that he was having all of his back problems mm. and what eventually made him leave the the NBA and so there is a possibility that that maybe he was just an excruciating pain having to play basketball for this commercial.
0: Maybe, or maybe he's just a bad actor.
1: Maybe he was really upset that he didn't have the cool outfit that Michael Jordan had.
0: True, and I, I, I know this is totally unrelated, but f- for some reason this this thing made me think about Pro Stars, mm-hmm. the cartoon. Mm-hmm. Do you remember this?
1: Uh, so yes, because uh, Pro Stars was like you had like Wayne Gretzky, uh-huh. right? And then um, there was like a famous person from every. Different you had sort. Michael Jordan, uh-huh.
0: Wayne Gretzky. And then you had pulling dual duties for baseball oh, and football. You had Bo Jackson. Uh-huh, yeah. So uh, I was like, man, you know, one more person. And you'd have had a real life pro stars in this mm-hmm. commercial. But the uh, alas.
1: <laughs> this commercial is so funny because uh, so the the they the the guys that came up with it, they basically had unlimited resources to to do this commercial for McDonald's. And they said, um you know, they came up with, hey, why don't we just have these two guys play a game of horse? That's a simple, simple idea. And usually those work out really well. The guy that directed it had done another commercial with Michael Jordan before. And what, like, after they got done shooting that commercial, they played a game of horse and Michael Jordan beat him. He was, he was. Shooting left-handed and stuff like that to help the guy that he was that was shooting the commercial, uh, but at the end he dunked on him, and so <laughs> the line that Larry Bird says, "Hey, no dunking," that was what the director like improvised it because of the oh, a previous great. game of horse they did, and then the outfit that Michael Jordan wears in this um, in this commercial, he uh, he shows up. It's like it is a stereotypical ninety like early '90s, like outfit. Uh, it's like it's almost like a uh, Bill Cosby esque like design on this like shirt and then shorts Uh, and Larry Bird's just wearing like a gray like like, jersey and Uh basketball shorts Michael Jordan showed up in this outfit and the director says you can't wear that that's horrible you have to wear something that (laughs) like like this and Michael Jordan says I'm not changing my clothes I designed this shirt for for my Nike line Uh. so he was like okay and so uh, you should check out this commercial because just to see this outfit that he's wearing
0: that's nuts so my my pick is not very far in the past, but it feels like ages ago because of who made it. (laughs) Let's listen to a little bit of this and see if you guys remember this one.
1: Okay. What? The 80s called. They want their store back. It's time for a new Radio Shack.
0: Yay! Come see what's possible when we do things together. So that was from 2014, which seems like a lifetime ago because Radio Shack was still around. Mm-hmm. And this one is great because it's just a—it's a nostalgia bomb, and I think it's one of the kind of the earlier commercials we see where people—it's are it's just blatant nostalgia yeah. play. Mm-hmm. You see this now with Walmart, and they're doing all those they do the ads with like all the famous vehicles from the past with the, the DeLorean and uh, Bumblebee and uh, the Ghostbusters car, Ecto one, mm-hmm. you know, so that you see this kind of stuff again, but this is the first one where it was like, Oh my gosh, remember him? Remember him? how much money do you think they spend on this? Getting these people?
1: Well, is, so I will say, I think, like there's a couple people in it that I know ask a lot of money, mm-hmm. um, for for stuff, and so uh, I can't even imagine like yeah. the cost of it. It it was a hilarious premise though because you know you you are hitting that nostalgia t- button, but then it's also making fun of yourself and talking like and talking about your rebirth of your company. So yeah,
0: so uh, D. Snyder um, is Mr. T in it. I think so. Yeah. And Hulk Hogan, yeah, Hulk Hogan, tons of people. Oh, 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 kid and play. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so yeah, good for them, uh, getting some of that nostalgia money. Uh, I I thought it was great. Too bad it didn't really work. <laughs> for, <laughs> they spent
1: too much money on ads. I guess. Ad. I guess <laughs> this was their 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 last gasp of breath.
0: Well, speaking of spending too much money for ads, um, I wanted to play this one and see if you remember what this is from.
1: Okay, Dino. I gotta go to a lot of stores to get what you like.
0: I'll be back. If
1: you leave
0: me now, you'll take away the biggest part of me. Ooh, no, baby.
1: Please don't go.
0: Ooh, girl. I just want you to stay. Hey, man, I'm getting car sick. I think I'm in a boot. Okay, now, Brian... If you had just listened to that, uh-huh. would you have any recollection of to what that was?
1: Well, I kind of remember them. Um, you know, I, I I definitely remember the puppet that was used. And once you see them, then you remember that there was. Once you see the commercial, then you remember that there was a series of these commercials. If you asked me off the top of my head, uh, if you'd said, "Hey, do you remember this particular mascot?" then I would have not remembered it until I actually saw it.
0: So for folks who are driving in their car or walking around and can't check out the video, uh, the star of that commercial was a sock puppet dog uh-huh. for Pets.com um, and th- alone the, the commercial didn't really stand out to me other than this was like this commercial is symbolic of that time uh, uh, of the year 2000 when um, this was dubbed the dot-com Super Bowl because so many of the ads that played during there were in the height of the dot-com bubble right. before it burst. Mm. And so you got huge ad buys by like Monster.com, Pets.com, tons of things. But this was kind of the, the pinnacle of frivolity where they spent tons and tons and tons of money on ad buys. Mm-hmm. And they couldn't get their revenue back. And so um, before the next Super Bowl, they were uh, no longer in business.
1: Yeah. You know, the the thing with this, too, is the reason that, um, you know, places like McDonald's and Pepsi and Coca-Cola, why they have so many ads or spend so much money on these ads when obviously we know what those companies are. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but there, there's this whole like associated level of um of trust with a company when you see it all the time when you go to the, what they're betting on is when you go to the grocery store you go oh yeah Coca-Cola oh yeah Pepsi like mm-hmm. I see that all the time I know it's a good thing and when you do ads like these because we know how much they cost you associate the value of that product with with the value of the commercial mm-hmm. and so I can see where you had during the dot com bubble you had people that were you know, obviously they were making big plans, right? For these companies, everything was moving so fast with these companies at that time. It's easy to go, Hey, we're, we're a big company like Coke. We're going to show these other companies that we're just like them. And that's why you would spend the money to do these ads. But it, for yeah. most of these companies, it was a big mistake
0: playing with the big boys. Yep. Yeah. Um, I think the only one that's around still is monster.com and maybe E-Trade. Yeah. Um, e-
1: E-Trade used to do a ton of these ads.
0: Yeah. Uh, but anyway that was that was one oh, and fun fact uh for those who remember that I collect arcade machines, the guy who started pets dot com uh by registering that domain name and then realizing that there was profit in it, I think he sold it rather I think he sold the company mm-hmm. rather quickly, so mm-hmm. he wasn't part of the downfall but uh his name's Greg McLemore mm-hmm.
1: um now he's a singer
0: no, well, he's not McLemore <laughs> uh McLemore, I don't even know how you pronounce the name, but he started uh, the uh, Killer List of Video Games uh-huh. and the Video Arcade, or the Arcade Game Appreciation Society mm-hmm. or something like that. Um, so he he's responsible for kind of me being able to get into the arcade hobby because of that forum and that internet web presence that he's just a fan of. And so he started this thing just as like a hobby and people use it for arcade collecting. It's really cool. You should check it out, klov.com or... Uh, The arcade museum.
1: That is so cool. Like I remember back during like the whole dot com thing, like stories about people buying like domain names with people's names. And I feel like McDonald, like there was something like that where somebody had already bought it before them. Um, so uh, I'm glad that.
0: Well, domain names used to be really expensive to buy. uh It's not like GoDaddy where you could just get them for twelve bucks or something. And so, uh, I mean, if I had had the wherewithal these days, I mean, because some of them just the name alone is worth. A million dollars, but well, when worth that much if you're pets.com,
1: this next Super Bowl ad is a big series, mm-hmm. right? That uh, lasted for a pretty long time, and it was something that I feel like when I was a kid, we, you know, we were talking earlier about you know, people that watch it just for the commercials. I was more interested in this game Uh than the big game, right?
0: it was this or the Puppy Bowl, like you said.
1: So uh, take a listen to this and, and see if this jogs anything.
0: Football fans, get ready
1: for the battle of the century. As unbeaten Budweiser takes on undefeated Bud Light. It's Bud versus Bud Light in Bud Bowl 1. Pick up your official
0: scorecard wherever you see this
1: display. Bud, super idea. You see the neck on that guy? Use it to follow the action and you could win big. So get ready, get set.
0: On January 22nd, Bud Bowl 1. This time, it's for real.
1: The Bud Bowl. Oh, man. Man, the Bud Bowl was so awesome. (laughs) Like, it, it was not just awesome. It was also extremely innovative. Like, the, um... It took them forever to do because it was all actual stop motion. Yes, and um, I don't remember off the top of my head. Maybe uh, you have, you might have it in front of you, but it was like for like six seconds of um, of like animation. It took almost like a month of of them recording it. Oh wow, so, I don't
0: I don't remember that. But you know, I was drawn to this because I was so wrapped up in like the Will Vinton animation stuff, uh-huh, yeah, California Raisins uh-huh. and all that, and this was like this was something i could r- relate right. to yep. uh and follow along so it was like cartoons during the Super Bowl, which I didn't care about,
1: and it's cool too because you know, just like when you know you watch Pixar movies and stuff like that, there's jokes in it for both adults and kids. Like there's stuff when I was a kid I didn't get, like that the defensive line were like like the big defensive line guys that came out like they were forties mm. and just stuff like that, <laughs> which is funny like to go back and watch and be like, oh wow, I'd never got that. That's a great joke, and uh, I think that you know the fact that it went on for so long, you know, anytime that you got around um uh around super bowl time in the uh in the grocery stores and stuff like that
0: oh the marketing in the grocery stores was insane yeah
1: it was you would have just huge things with these with these uh budweiser and bud light uh beer bottles and going head to head and stuff like that so um, but yeah, you had, you wound up having, you know, eight different Bud Bowls. So over the, over eight different years, some of the episodes, or not episodes, some of the commercials, because uh, basically it would be a game happening during the Super Bowl. Uh, yeah. Like, like each commercial break would have like a part of the game. Mm-hmm. And then they uh, check back in yeah, and give you uh, a little update. And the, uh, there was, there were, there were some of these that had like alternate endings and that kind of thing too. <laughs> so like, I think, I think they did a really great job with
0: Yeah. Them. So the first one aired in 1989. And, um, Bud won that twenty-seven to twenty-four against Bud Light, and this was cool too because they also had like they treated it. I mean, uh, they gave some serious gravitas to it by having these announcers that people recognize. Right. So uh-huh. uh, throughout the series, you had Bob Costas, you had Terry Bradshaw, Chris Berman, Ahmad Rashad, Marv Albert. Um, Howie Long was in the the last one in '97. I'm mm-hmm. really surprised with. The nostalgia these days that they haven't done this again um, with a twenty year plus anniversary.
1: Yeah, they they so they started in eighty nine and ended in ninety seven, but they they skipped a year, so um, they didn't do one in uh, ninety six. Or I guess yeah, they didn't do one in ninety six. So I wonder, I wonder what happened there, and then. Oh, no. I don't know what happened. But, you know, now it's a different company, right? So now it's owned by a German company. Oh. And so I wonder if that has anything to do with it. But, you, but they still do Super Bowl ads, so you think... Yeah,
0: oh, man, they they do a lot of ads. Yeah.
1: And they do a lot of the heartfelt ones now, too, so... But they still have dumb ones, too.
0: <laughs> yeah. The, they don't do a lot of the Bud-wise er, <laughs> ones. But, no, this was, this was iconic. Loved it. Uh, all right, so... One of the last ones is a pick from you that, uh, is maybe not so great. So I didn't see this until tonight.
1: Yeah. So, uh, so just for feet, you know, we've, we've talked about, um, we've talked about a lot of winners on here. <laughs> uh, you, you, you talked about the pets.com, the, the bubble, um, uh, for the, for the a lot of those companies that just, I guess, spent too much money too fast and didn't, only lasted, like, one Super Bowl. Uh, so this is another commercial that, man, they just really missed the mark. <laughs> and it it kind of set in place the motions for this company, actually, that was, like, killing it. They were doing so well, and it just started the end of that company. And really? They, yeah, they went bankrupt, like, a year or two after this. okay wow. So... I don't know if anyone remembers Just for Feet, um but the uh they basically if you think of like sport uh Dick Sporting Goods, they were like that. Mm-hmm. And uh it was this guy that came over here from the Middle East somewhere and he started this company. And um he uh he really wanted like this shoe store place to carry every type of athletic shoe. And then they had like a place you could eat inside of them. They had this big video wall. Like it was, it was like this really cool place and they were killing it. And so, um, they were like on trajectory to like be the next huge company. Like, like all these like magazines and stuff like newsweek were reporting on how great that just for feet was doing. And, uh, they were starting to expand some more and getting into different markets, and so the owner wanted a Super Bowl ad because they he wanted to know everyone to be familiar for the markets that he was going into that he was not already in. He wanted those markets to be familiar with the company before he did it, and he hired um he hired this uh, ad agency that was like one of the big ad agencies. They they did multiple uh, ads a year uh, for the Super Bowl. And he um, he said, look, I want a family friendly, family friendly ad that because we're a family friendly company, I want it to be happy and upbeat and this and that. And they said, "Okay, cool. We got you. So they show him this ad and uh, they say he gets very upset about it because it's not family friendly. And they say, look, we're we've been doing this for a while. We know what we're doing. This is the Super Bowl ad. I'm telling you. And so he said, "Okay, fine, whatever. Uh, and then they they aired this ad, um, and uh, so this is the ad that they aired It's a match. And protect feet. They aired this ad, and um, it was just a huge flop. All these newspaper n- newspapers and magazines and stuff just raked this just for feet over the coals over mm. this ad, uh, talking about it's imperialism. It's it's totally
0: tone deaf. You know, just it is a bit culturally insensitive. Yes. I'll say that yep. for sure
1: and it's like um basically what happened is it's the the general gist is you have these four white guys are hunting down this Kenyan runner and they drug him uh with with uh, this water that they give him he passes out they put these brand new nike's on his feet yeah because he's he's running, he's running barefoot. barefoot yeah and then uh he wakes up He's trying to kick him off his feet, screams no, and then he's running away and like limping and like trying to get these shoes off his feet. And so it I was just crazy. Don't
0: know how people could not have seen how problematic that was going to be.
1: Yeah. The uh, the guy that owned Just for Feet was so mad he actually sued the ad agency um because of how much damage it did to the company oh my god and um they uh, they also around that same time were having issues where someone was like laundering money out of out of the company and then they just went bankrupt and somebody some other shoe company bought them so but yeah the, the, a lot of people attribute this ad with the beginning of the end for that the company. beginning of the end
0: oh. yeah not all of them uh are the beginning at the end like <laughs> pets.com or or just your feet some of them are just tone deaf culturally insensitive Um, there's a, I remember a Snickers one Mm. where uh, two auto mechanics are working under the hood of a car. Mm. The guy pulls out a Snickers and starts Uh eating one end. And then the other guy is just so drawn into the other, to the Snickers. He starts eating from the other end Mm. and they have like a a lady in the tramp moment. Mm -hmm. And then they just do things to be manly, to be manly. Yeah. So it was, uh, it does not look good. (laughs) Um, And so they got a backlash for that. So Yeah. I think it's such a draw to, for people to try to make a statement, to try to be provocative, mm-hmm. to try to get to go viral that sometimes they just go a little too far mm-hmm. past that mark and um, it, it bites them in the end. Yep. So my final pick for the evening, um, there's no real cultural significance to it other than I remember this and it's just really, really cool. So let's see if you remember this one.
1: someone your own size the star wars trilogy is back on the big screen and it's even better with a pepsi great effects
0: man yeah obviously star wars right off the bat you recognize the music yep darth vader in a movie theater uh, on the big screen and a kid's drinking a pepsi He's sipping too loudly. Darth Vader force crushes it, and then the uh, the usher wants him to deal with someone his own size, and so they have a lightsaber duel. <laughs> I mean, it's it's crazy, but it, you know, this was that time for the special editions coming out, and so this was before the prequels. This was uh-huh. before Episode One. This is obviously before any of the, the the recent movies, and so any any. New Star Wars content for me was was a, a bucket list item, and so seeing this was was really really great fun and got me super super duper hyped for the trilogy series. Mm-hmm. Do you remember this one?
1: Yeah. Uh, so I when I saw what you put down, I didn't recognize it, but then uh, when I watched it, I immediately knew that I had seen it because um, it it was one of those ads that uh, was instantly recognizable mm-hmm. for it. So
0: yeah. Pepsi, like I mentioned at the at the earlier in the show, Pepsi had a ton of great uh, great ads. Um, are they owned by Frito Lay? I forget. Pepsi, no, Pepsi is the one they own, like Taco Bell and stuff, right?
1: Well, Yum Brands does. I think I, th- I think that that is for a different show <laughs> because I, I, there's a lot of stuff where companies branched off other companies and broke away and stuff like that. But I think I think Pepsi owns Fritos.
0: Yeah. So I I think this one is it, it's kind of middle of the road. It's not the greatest Super Bowl commercial ever, um, you know. People would argue that, but you know, for me, it was just something fun and uh, really tied into the nostalgia of my of my youth with the, with Star Wars, and just funny. And I, I think that's what I look for mostly in Super Bowl ads: is just to be uh, left smiling at the end yes. mm-hmm. and um, enjoying my time, and maybe watch a little football in between.
1: Yeah. Well. It's the end of the game. (laughs) And uh, I want to thank everybody for sticking around and listening. Um, You know, sorry about the wait, but uh, we had, we had to take some time off. I had to injure myself a whole bunch and, uh, you know but back, now we're back we're better than ever and we're we're going to be putting out weekly shows again um uh, so um if you could do us a huge favor and uh leave us some feedback on uh however you listen to the show uh, hey
0: tell us some of your favorite commercials that we may have missed yeah definitely. what are you watching it
1: yeah uh, you know you can email us at wayback uh underscore attack at gmail.com is that right i don't remember <laughs> <laughs> uh let's see i'm pretty sure I'll, I'll, I'll talk about some other ways you can reach us while pressing looks that up um but you can we reach us at wayback underscore attack on twitter uh-huh uh and then um i think we're way way back back attack attack show at, at gmail.com, gmail.com. <laughs> yeah uh, and then also check out the website there uh, we upload on that as well um you can find me on Twitter at B.E. Grantham, Preston Working People. Yo, find you.
0: I am uh, at Squared Stiff on Twitter and on Instagram. Um, and also, Brian and I write for a website called The RoarBots. Mm-hmm. Um, so you need to go check out The RoarBots. We're part of their, their podcast network, their RoarBots podcast network. Check out theroarbots.com and on social at Roarworthy.
1: Yep. So thank you again for listening and look out uh, for next week for the next show.